Oh, hi, Moo. You want to be on the podcast? Yeah? Moo Cat says hi, everyone. All right, that's enough. Well, welcome, friends. It's me, Rebecca Conran. I'm back with the new story podcast, The Energy Report. Oh, Lord. Wow, I need to maybe not be so loud on this thing. The levels are looking incredibly high. Um, At some point, one of these days, I'm going to actually try to figure out professional setup. But in these COVID times, it doesn't feel financially responsible. So, guys, we're analog. Um, This is the energy report. 2020 energy report for August the 1st through the 9th. I'm actually doing the first two days of August, even though I usually go Monday to Sunday, I'm going Saturday to Sunday so we can fit in all those August dates that I didn't have last month uh, in my last energy report. Um, Thank you so much for your patience with me. I've had a lovely break. I've been able to just take some time to myself, although I have been, basically I'm just so freaking busy that it's just not even fun. And uh, so I've been really having to hone in on what, what is sustainable for me, you know, in terms of like what directions I'm being pulled in. So um, it's, uh, it's a very interesting thing to be really over overstimulated during a pandemic. Um, so that's what I've been working with. I opened my shop, uh, my studio, which has been very difficult for me to kind of wrap my head around because, um, even though here in New York, our numbers are really low and we, um, we were able to successfully, quarantine uh, at the beginning of the pandemic to such a degree that we actually did stop the spread here. Um, you know, I still feel a lot of responsibility to other people, to myself, um, in, uh, you know, whether or not I should have this brick and mortar business. Obviously I signed the lease before, um, uh, the pandemic and, um, you know, the store, I've had to pay rent on the store through the entire, um, closure. Uh, our landlord has not done anything in support of the small businesses. Um, and, um, yeah, so I've just been really wrapping my head around like what's responsible. Um, I am doing sound baths, uh, however, very small sound baths. I have a big open space, but I'm only having five people so that everybody that comes, uh, does feel that they have space away from other people that they're able to socially distance. Masks are required. Um, I have done some in-person sessions with masks again, distanced. Um, but yeah, this is a, it's a new world and, uh, just constantly trying to figure out like what is going to work. Um, so even though I did open my shop up, I, I'm also aware that it may need to close shortly, um, because it is maybe not sustainable. So that's what I've been doing. I also had my 37th birthday. Birthdays are pretty tough for me usually. Um, but this one was really nice. It was really lovely. Um, birthdays have always been a bit of a rough ride for me because, None of my family celebrates birthdays and I am not, um, I don't have those kinds of really, I don't have close relationships with my family members. So, um, you know, to be actively not celebrated on those days, uh, is pretty tough for me at times. And, um, yeah, last year my little puppy died. Uh, around my birthday. So I really didn't celebrate at all. This year, though, it was just really, it's really joyful. Friends came to visit from a little an hour away. And, um, you know, we got to spend time outside, um, just like sharing a meal and uh, 
it was it was really lovely. It was really I felt really supported by everybody, by um, the listeners, by my clients. I felt really loved up. So this was a really special birthday for me. And I honestly feel like a chapter of my life is really closing and one is opening. And obviously those are never just like events. It's like a series of things that's going on. Um, and, uh, and so I've been really feeling that sort of closure happening and it's felt really, uh, freeing. I felt really freed, um, in a lot of ways. So that's where I've been. Um, I've also been, you know, wrapping my head around what's going on in the world. Um, I've posted a little bit about it. Um, my take on the experience we're having is that we are in um, our generation civil war and that, you know, a war is not a single event. It is a series of uh, experiences that create chaos that become more and more chaotic. And I'm not trying to say this in a way that is alarmist. I mean, it doesn't change anything about the experience we're having. The experience is the same, right? It just really is about us accepting that. Um, I think that people, when we look at history, we think of like war as an event when really it's years and years of, um, things like what we're experiencing. So for most of us in our life here in America, we experienced um, a great deal of peace. And maybe that's not true for um, the entire of America, obviously. But um, on a whole, we haven't experienced, we haven't experienced anything like this pandemic, you know, where we actually have to uh, have less conveniences, we have to make concessions, we have to we haven't had it come to our doorstep where we've become unemployed, maybe from something that had nothing to do with us, you know, or maybe just not to this extent. Um, I mean, everybody's had difficulty in their lives for sure. Um, but here we are in this moment and it's a, a real turning point in the history of the world right now. And there's so much going on, you know, there's so much going on that is not being, um, reported on, like we, you know, the tensions between China and America, uh, the tensions between Russia and America, um, the incredibly insane fleet of warships that Russia has just built. Um, and, um, you know, these are all things that, um, as citizens of America, we don't, we're not privy to the information around it. We never are told, um, like what's really going on. We don't know what the root of any of this stuff is and where it's heading to, because we're not actually in charge. And that's something that I think every American has become very, very clear of. And I think even Trump supporters are clear on that. You know, I think in a lot of ways, um, they see him as a savior, sort of like a Jesus figure, which is why he can never do any wrong. Um, but I think ultimately, like, their connection to him, this, like, insane belief system in him also came from feeling um, sidelined that none of their needs were being met. And um, so here we are. And as citizens, none of our needs are being met. And that's not a Republican or a Democrat issue. That's a the government of America issue. This is something that has been um, a long, long, long time coming, uh, and both the responsibility of both parties. Um, and I think, like, what what needs to really change radically is uh, is our concept of helping ourselves and our communities because it's never going to come from the top down. It's going to have to be built brick by brick from the bottom up. And that's sort of what we're experiencing right now. And it's really, um, you know, more than ever, it's always an uncertain time, but now we're really faced with that uncertainty um, to a, a degree that we just never have, have faced before here as, as, um, you know, if you're my age or around my age, 
This is a, this is new for us. Um, so here we are, and uh, there's a lot of really uh, intense things coming up, like the um, you know the unemployment benefits have um, ended now, and uh, who knows what those are going to be. Uh, but a lot of people still can't pay their rent, and um, so our country here is faced with um, so many different issues here and there are no clear solutions and obviously what we've seen is that um, you know COVID is something we're having to learn how to live with it's not going to go anywhere Um, I've been thinking about a lot of the anti-vaxxing information that's going around and um, you know um, I am not going to give my personal opinion one way or another. Uh, I just think that with a lot of the information that's being shared, I don't think that anybody is inherently an anti-vaxxer. Um, I mean, some people are obviously. And, um, and, and, um, I can see, I can see the reasoning, uh, on both sides, obviously, but I think there's a new wave of anti-vaxxers, uh, that you haven't, we haven't seen before, you know, and it's become really like bold to be anti-vaccination. Um, I think the root though of the whole thing to do with vaccinations is really that, um, there is, it's about, um, not being able to trust, not, not being able to believe that the information we're being given is uh, supportive. And I think that that's really what's running a lot of the, um, a, a lot of the fear and the panic and, and the movements right now that do exist, um, to do with things like that, to do with like, uh, the information around vaccinations. I think, yeah, of course we, we don't trust because the vaccinations are being created by really wealthy people. And do we really put our trust in people who are billionaires? Um, in pharmaceutical companies, in the government. Well, we've seen that those people don't care about humans. They don't care about the citizens. So obviously there's a major issue um, with the possibility of uh, vaccinations being available. Um, So it's it's a lot of issues to do with trust. Trust that someone is taking care of us, that we can believe the words that are coming out of the mouths of, um, politicians and wealthy people that, that they are somehow advocating for the average citizen. And what we've learned in, especially in 2020, although this is not new, this is not new at all. I mean, people have been for hundreds of years, people have been, uh, trying to uncover this kind of, um, just, uh, oppression, Um, we now, because of technology or the sharing of information, we now have more people than ever that are seeing that, um, there is so much mistruth going on. However, that puts us in a place of chaos, doesn't it? Because, um, there is so much misinformation and mistruth, uh, and, you know, I think that like when you think of the Democratic Party, they did it to themselves, you know, as well. They they really um, made themselves, uh, they distanced themselves from their constituents. And, um, and by not listening to their needs or not providing for them and by also being lobbied by billionaires and... Um, and just as much as the Republican Party, they're uh, they're um, responsible. I'm in no way saying not to vote for Joe Biden. Everybody has to do what they need to do. I can't vote. I'm an immigrant, so uh, I'm not here to tell people how to vote. Unless it was Bernie Sanders, in which case I would absolutely be telling you who I thought you should vote for. <laughs> but uh, I I think that obviously I can understand why it is would be it would be so much better for us to have Biden than Trump. But it is not a solution to all of our problems. It's not going to be a reason for us to stop uh, putting pressure on um, the Democrats too. You know, I think now more than ever we have there's some leverage for people to put pressure on the Democrats. Um, 
and uh, and I really need to stick with that and stay true to that. Uh, I want to get going with the energy report, but the other thing that I just want to mention is that, um, you know, we want to be really wary in this world of matching vibration, matching energy. Um, something that really bothers me is when I hear um, people, well-meaning people, saying things like the only good Nazi is a dead Nazi and things like that. And I, I totally understand where that rhetoric com comes from. Um, but, you know, we we can't fight hate with hate. And um, it's the same vibration. Right. So if I think that a certain group of people should shouldn't live with dignity or um, have their needs met in, as human beings, um, I'm basically in the same energy as racism, you know, where I'm the judge and jury. I'm choosing who gets to have um, to live with dignity or not. And so really being able to separate between a person's beliefs and their behaviors and the intrinsic soul of a person, you know, um, like it's, this is really difficult concept. This is not an easy thing to do. It's really hard to look at someone who's an oppressor and also see the, um, fragility and the humanness and the divine energy that exists in all beings. Something that helps me is I try to imagine um, when I see somebody just being, you know, de depraved or just vile in some way, uh, I try to imagine um, them as a little child. And I try to think of like what their experience was that um, created this disconnect between their humanity, uh, and, um, it's, it's not easy to do. It's, it's so much easier to project outwardly and to cancel people. And, um, but we need education. We need to allow people the ability to redeem themselves, to change, to evolve, to grow. Um, there are a lot of experiences in history of people making those changes. Um, you know, leaders of the Ku Klux Klan uh, becoming civil rights um, workers. Are they the majority? No, they're not. But we need to treat every human being as if that's a possibility and withdraw our attention from those that don't want to learn so that we can turn our attention towards those who do want to learn. And um, this is really difficult. It's really difficult. A lot of us feel really justified um, in our own sense of anger and violence. And, you know, I'm not telling anybody not to feel justified in your anger, but just to really be conscientious of um, where you might be a vibrational match um, to the thing that you hate, <laughs> right? So we we, in order to change anything in this world, we have to be willing to change that energy within ourselves to offer up a different pathway. And that is really hard. It's really hard to do. Um, it takes an incredible amount of fortitude and inner strength. And, um, you know, that, that's a hard thing to do. And that's where we're at. Accept it, acknowledge it and do our best basically. Um, all right, I'm going to get going with this energy report. Uh, but again, thank you everybody for all your kind words towards me and your support. And I've missed you guys, and I'm really excited to be here doing this report today. Um, so here we go. The energy report for August 1st through 9th. The theme I've chosen for this upcoming week is the path I am on is a value. The path I am on is a value. It's easy to look at times that are really tough and think, wow, this is just really fucked up. <laughs> I, you know, but we have to imagine that like the sacrifices we're making right now uh, have value. You know, like the sacrifices we made by being staying at home had value. They had value because 
uh, we were supporting the essential workers that were in hospital trying to keep people alive. We were supporting our fellow man. We were supporting ourselves. Um, so even though we have to make sacrifices right now, um, it has value. It has value what we're surrendering and the path that we're on. Um, the path of change is chaotic and fraught with difficulties, but it has value. Um, so that is the theme that we're just tapping into this week, that no matter what's going on, if you're having a really emotional time, that there's value in that too. It's really showing us like the type of experience that we want to be having, the type of experience that we need to have. And, um, and, and it's, it has value in terms of like, if we're seeing out in the world and, and we are, um, you know, we're feeling intensely about it, that compassion has value. That care that we have for other people has value. Um, so we just want to be watching that we're not just being pessimistic and cynical and everything's just going to shit and everything just fucking sucks. Um, I, I, for anybody that does feel like that, you really must connect with history more clearly, more clearly because, um, like something that actually has been very beneficial to me through this entire period that we're experiencing right now and through the ideas of war and, uh, and this pandemic is the fact that I love history and I spend a lot of time educating myself on world history, on the history of certain events, and I get completely immersed into it. So I will totally get immersed into the experience of a certain war and I will really read up about it. I will watch the films about it, even though they're usually somewhat inaccurate. I will read all kinds of perspectives on it. I will read about the different kinds of people who were involved in it. This helps me to temper any extremist ideas I have because I realize that the things that we're experiencing are not new. And they did not mean that humans didn't exist anymore, right? Like, our, our ancestors have gone through every kind of difficulty and survival. And, um, and so we are also, we are also in that frame right now, right? We're like facing our own survival, um, whether it's from the pandemic or financial or whatever, our own, uh, collapse of the systems around us. Um, and history shows us that humans find a way, humans find a way. Um, so like for me, I don't have those kinds of cynical views because I accept that life is short for one, that our lifetimes are not meant to last forever. We have only 80, 90 years max on this earth. And I also accept that these kinds of big, difficult changes are prevalent in the history of mankind. Um, that doesn't mean that I give up my experience of evolving. I want to keep evolving. I want to keep uh, growing and I want to keep creating. And I think that's what life wants to do. Life wants to find a way. Life wants to keep creating. Um, and that's just like when you see those little tiny plants that are coming up from between the concrete, you know, like life wants to find a way. Life wants to live. We want to live. We want to find a way to keep uh, creating and expressing what it is that we experience life as. And, um, and so here we are. And everything that we are experiencing has some value to it right now. You know, I'm not saying like the violence towards people has value, but that people are um, speaking up and creating waves and um, that has value, you know. Um, this time that we're living in is extremely valuable to the direction that humanity needs to go in uh, to keep human life alive. Uh, life will continue on Earth, but human life will only continue if humans... Uh, really stop being so suicidal. And I see not wearing a mask, not caring for your fellow man, 
as an extension of the suicidal behavior that humans have gotten caught up in that has been a lot to do with conveniences. You know, it's, it's just been so easy for us to eat and work uh, ourselves to death and to, you know, to rely on substances and to not actually just face the world around us and to get really clear and our duty to growth and life. Um, so like, it's all sort of like we're experiencing this like mad chaotic push right now to keep humanity alive. Um, and, uh, this experience is of value. Um, the tarot card for this week. Wow. I'm just like really just going on and on. I guess I had some shit to say. Um, the tarot this week is the hanged man. So this is a full moon week coming up, and this card asks us to be willing to release, to let go, to make those sacrifices that are necessary. The word surrender um, is coming up and is is really special to me because when you break down the actual word surrender, it means to give back the highest parts of us. Surrendering is giving back the highest parts of us. I think of this often when there's something I'm attached to, but that's also not truly in alignment with my needs. So it's very mystical, this card, and sometimes contrary. Sometimes you have to take a step back to take two steps forward. Sometimes you have to let go of something you're attached to to make room for something that is actually in alignment with what your true needs are. So it's uh, it's a difficult card, um, and it's really a card of dealing with uncertainty, you know, surrendering and sacrificing into that uncertainty. I think the biggest reminders with the hangman is that nothing can truly happen by force right now. You know, the solutions we're looking for are not obvious. We've got to retreat and regather ourselves into a place of clarity before we find that impulse uh, that shows us when to act. You know, that impulse where we're like, now I know it's my time to act. The ritual this week is accountability. So this is something I've been thinking about a lot. Um, accountability is, is one of the major issues we as a collective are experiencing today. Um, in the U.S., the lack of accountability of one person can mean dire repercussions for the collective, like not wearing a mask or not taking the steps needed to stop the transmission of COVID. You know, so much of um, social media is also now about being accountable. Um, everything is about accountability, how we shop, how we spend our dollars, how we share, how we communicate. It all requires self-responsibility. And this is something that we're really, really checking. And it's so much easier to check that shit in other people than to check it in yourself. This re- we, the ritual this week is to check in with any personal accountability that has fallen by the wayside for you. It's all well and good for us to be angry at the world for not being accountable. But where might we be a vibrational match to the lack of care we see outpictured? Right? So it's like, if we're, we're, I say this a lot too about, um, like violence and suicide. So the energy, right? The energy that it takes to harm yourself, the violence that it takes to harm yourself is a vibrational match to the violence it takes to harm somebody else. It's the same energy of violence. So where someone else uh, takes that energy that they feel and directs it outwardly, you might take that energy and direct it inwardly. It's the same vibration. It's a, and to conquer the vibration of violence, we really have to see where we're violent with ourselves. You know, and violence to the self is about how you talk to yourself, is about how you treat yourself. And it is something that needs our care, our deep, deep care. So this week, the ritual is about being accountable to yourself, to your own dietary and healthcare needs? Are you being accountable to your own relationship desires? Where do you abandon yourself? Where are you, uh, 
vibrating with a resonance of violence towards yourself. So this week we are asked to be the accountability we want to see in the world by being the vibration of accountability to yourself. This doesn't mean don't still be a warrior for your activism. It's just a reminder that to receive what we want, we have to be a vibrational match. So if you want the world to know on an energetic level what accountability looks like, then we need to embody it. And, you know, for me, accountability looks like physical exercise and things like that, because otherwise that energy becomes stagnant in my body and um, I become depressed because I'm not moving the energy. So for me, and I'm not saying like, oh, I've got to have my fitness routine is my, um, is my gift to the world. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But as an energy healer, as someone who works with energy in such a, in such a, um, tangible way, like that's something that I have to be accountable to myself. And a way that I could beat up on myself is when I just sit in my stagnation and I don't be active in my physical fitness, or I don't be active in diet and hygiene and things like that, or in who I choose to spend my time with. When I am not being accountable, um, and I'm just like giving up to this, like whatever kind of instant gratification, whatever kind of like self-sacrificing, um, it's sending messages out into the collective that are contrary to my actual beliefs and values. So aligning that, like being accountable, being in integrity is very important right now for us. If we want to help the world, if we want to help others, we need to be an example of that integrity. Saturday, the 1st of August, I can't believe it's August right now. What a wild, what a trip. Um, Saturday the 1st, we've got Mercury in Cancer, opposite Pluto in Capricorn, uh, which is retrograding. So think of mental power struggles with this energy, idea wars. You know, Pluto is the detective and... It can be like a dog with a bone. It's not going to give up until it gets to the bottom of what's going on. It's really trying to figure things out. And with Mercury, that's our mind. So Mercury and Pluto, like rubbing up, we're really delving into our attitudes, beliefs, and thoughts that may need transformation. And obviously, that can appeal to us in some way, that that's our experience. And then we see that outpictured in a often in the collective in a much more rigorous way. We really see the shadow side a lot more collectively. Mercury is about to change signs. Um, so that energy is really amplified, that Mercury and Cancer on the last degrees. We're feeling really emotionally, mentally. Um, it's really important to express ourselves. But with this kind of energy, with the Pluto-Mercury opposition, you really want to watch for needing to win. You know, the truth doesn't need to win. If it's truth, then it exists beyond the debate. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone else. Um, you only need to prove your truths to you. You need to really believe them and to sit in the sovereignty of them. The act of self-reflection and self-responsibility is the difference between caring and not caring. You care as long as you are willing to put yourself through the paces. So... If there's some agitation on this day, then there's something to learn. Um, but stay out of those power trip, you know, arguments with people, stuff like that. Um, you know, again, truth doesn't need to win. So moving on into Sunday, the second sun in Leo is going to square Uranus and Taurus. So the collective identity in conflict with the need for freedom where it comes to our resources this, to me, this day really smacks of the current unemployment issues in the U.S. Um, there's so much change. Millions of people are unemployed. And those people who have relied on the $600 weekly support are now wondering, how are they going to pay their bills? Um, will they be evicted? And Sunday is typically the day when people um, uh, certify their benefits. So obviously, 
you know, this day, this energy is going to leave us feeling very uneasy about having enough to survive. And especially because it's on the eve of a full moon, you know, um, that is in Uranus's natural ruler, Aquarius. This transit shows that there's radical change in our environment and we've, we really need to remain open-minded and flexible regarding the solutions. We also really want to watch for erratic behaviors on this day. There may be outbursts in yourself or others as those fears that we have, you know, try to find an outlet. Uranus rules technology, um, so perhaps something to do with communications or science will break down on this day. I think the advice here is just not to project your pain onto others. Find a healthy way to express your anxiety. Screaming into a pillow is always at your service. Um, and try to remember that sometimes when a lot of wounding and trauma and fear has built up, it looks for an outlet, an outlet in a story, right? So the story might be about a lover who isn't being there for you, but really that is just a placeholder for this other maybe depression and anxiety that you're holding on that you're applying to this one storyline, but it really is coming from a, a place of just personal insecurity. Um, so this folding right into Monday, the third, uh, the full moon in Aquarius. So this full moon, it's ruling our friendships, our business contacts, our friend, our, um, communities. Um, it's, it's the group, you know, it really is about our connection to being a humanitarian and to earth, um, or seeing the lack thereof. So moons are emotional, you know, moons, uh, help us to tap into our inner persona, our inner person. Um, and a full moon is a point of release. So at this point, we're realizing the type of community or collective that doesn't work for us, especially as Mercury, which is our communication inner dialogue is in opposition to Saturn, which is limitation and responsibilities on this day too. So the questions here for this full moon, are your friends and lovers growing with you? Are they growing period? Maybe it's, are your friends and lovers and family members growing with you? Are they growing period? If the groups you associate with don't help you to shine your best self, you're going to feel that you need to move on from them through this full moon. And this applies to business work related connections too. Impersonally, the full moon in Aquarius also will highlight all those places where you don't feel emotionally free. If you've made someone or something your higher power, you're going to want independence from that today. This full moon is about not letting your loyalties, the sun and Leo energy, keep you tied to sinking ships. Don't let your loyalties keep you tied to sinking ships. Because we're also at the very, very tail end on this full moon of our Mercury and Cancer journey, we just all of that Mercury and Cancer energy, the retrograde and everything, these endings may also come to some, like, uh, come with some emotional communications inwardly and externally this day. You know, we might really feel the need to speak our mind or perhaps someone needs to speak their mind to us. Um, you know, I would say very much so this week, really tend to your nervous system really well, time in nature, eliminating caffeine, rest, really, really important. Um, I usually find that, yes, I'm more tired when I don't drink coffee sometimes, right? Like I can be more tired in the beginning when not drinking coffee, but when I'm drinking coffee, even one cup, I don't even have that much coffee. I have one cup in the morning. I'm more emotionally agitated. Um, I feel the need to eat junk food more easily. Um, I feel the need to, um, you know, I might even feel like drinking alcohol more easily because I, um, drink coffee. Um, to me, ca caffeine is very ungrounding. And so when we're ungrounded, we're not fully in our bodies. We're not fully present. And that can lead to us um, just like just setting off like a roller coaster of um, other unhealthy behaviors. So I would say as a cancer myself with a Mars in cancer, eliminating caffeine has major, major benefits if you are going through a difficult time. Um, and again, 
take the time to just rest, you know, um, go and hug a tree. Honestly, put your feet into soil somewhere, wherever you are. Um, Tuesday, the fourth Mercury is finally going to enter Leo. If you want to know about Mercury and Leo, look no further than me. How I talk and think is also in the fiery and proud sign of Leo. So if you've been a listener, what do you already know about me? It comes pretty easy to me to speak my mind passionately or express myself creatively. I'm pretty good at asserting myself. Um, I'm pretty good at using words to inspire a similar passion in others. Um, I'm really good at tooting my own horn. (laughs) One of the downsides of this placement, though, is the ability to over-dramatize and to make mountains out of molehills mentally. I am always needing to temper those kinds of extremes. We should be bold right now, but we also need to stay humble and out of selfishness. Um, with this, with this placement, um, it can sometimes blow our emotions out of proportion. Um, as we've seen with the world around us, everybody is suffering. We truly need to be in this together right now. Um, so just really being conscious of, of, of those things. I think one of the best things you could do with this energy is, you know, if you're a spiritual person or a responsible person for yourself and you've been working on your responsibility and accountability for for some time now, perhaps you need that extra permission to use your voice in the world right now. If you've wanted to share the solutions that work for you, now is the time for sure. We will always need new healing practitioners, new perspectives, new ideas, new channels. If you've wanted to sing, speak, type, write, now's the time to share those with Mercury and Leo. This is a great time. Put that record out, like put that blog out, start a podcast, whatever you feel have felt like doing, do it. Um, we will never have enough solution oriented information out there. Put it out there, put that solution oriented responsible information out there. It will help somebody, even if it helps one person, you know, to feel seen and heard. Thursday, the 6th of August, we've got moon conjunct Neptune, both in Pisces. So the moon goes through all the signs the entire month. So it spends a couple days in each sign. So this is like a, a once monthly meeting that we've been experiencing between, um, the moon conjunct Neptune. Um, so when the moon in Pisces touches the exact point that Neptune's at, the exact degree, that's when a conjunction happens. Neptune is currently at home in Pisces and it's retrograding. Neptune helps us to work out our karma. It helps us to break apart our ego so we can let unconditional love reign supreme. So during these meetings between the moon, our emotions, and Neptune, we feel more sensitive emotionally. We feel more foggy and pessimistic, sometimes too, because it's just so much emotions coming in and, and like we don't just automatically go for the joyful side and the loving side. Oftentimes it, it, it rubs on the difficulties we're experiencing. These meetings are incredible portals for creation, however. This is such creative spiritual energy between the moon and, the, and Neptune. So if we accept the need to feel deeply and give ourselves space and time on this day to process, some really wonderful things can come out, but staying really present. Um, Friday the 7th, Venus is going to head into Cancer. Wow, guys, this is really special. Um, We finally finished up our Venus retrograde. We are moving on. That's really special for us. After four freaking months in Gemini, we finally get some commitment energy. It was fun and it was hell traveling through our Venus in Gemini retrograde. But we're ready to land some roots now. If you're me, you're feeling the need for emotional security in your relationships deeply right now. It's fun to play the field, sure, but it's also boring after a while because all humans crave intimacy deep down, even if they aren't outwardly conscious of that need. 
Much like our families should have provided a space for us to feel seen and heard and have our needs met, we long that we long for that in one another. Relating on a deep level, on an emotional level, is scary because we feel vulnerable. And some people just aren't going to be ready to go there, maybe even ever. But if you crave that kind of closeness, then this is your time to connect. Venus is romance and how we give and receive love, but it's also what we value. And in Cancer, we value closeness and cuddles, nesting and nurturing. Um, It feels good just thinking about it. We value the feminine. We value women. We value mothers. What to watch for with this energy is codependent relationships, imbalanced relationships, where one does all the giving and one does all the taking, or one does all the chasing and the other does all the withdrawing. You know, these dynamics are unhealthy and don't lead to the deep affinity you desire and can be the shadow side of this energy, this transit. Finally, we head into the weekend, Saturday 8-8, Sunday 8-9. I love a good 8-8 portal. I think that's a powerful portal and powerful number. I always think people should do wonderful uh, witchy things uh, with that energy. So use that, use that infinite portal energy to um, create something for yourself on this day, especially with this Venus and Cancer energy. Maybe there's a way to nurture yourself uh, that's really important on this day. But on Saturday, 8-8, Sunday, 8-9, we've got the moon conjunct Chiron and then the moon conjunct Mars, and they're all in Aries. So again, as the moon goes around um, all of the signs during the month, it it touches, it has a once-monthly meeting with Chiron, and right now it's having a once-monthly meeting with Mars, both in Aries. So this weekend, it does have a real fiery tone to it. Um, as the moon or our collective emotions touches on the collective identity wounding, which is the Chiron. Um, and, uh, and the, the deep, the deep energy in this is we all have the right to exist with dignity. And this goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning. You know, we don't get to pick and choose who gets to live with dignity. It's too easy today to cancel people, to criticize and shame. It's too easy to place the blame on this person or that person rather than to see our own accountability in the world around us and rather than to have a direct impact on someone else. So when we say we all have the right to exist with dignity, we have to really live that. We have to, for one, make sure that how we treat ourselves is with dignity. That's powerful. That's a powerful vibration there. And when we treat ourselves with dignity, then we have to be treating everybody else with dignity. And we can't pick and choose who's valuable. All human life is valuable. So I think the main thing this weekend, this the weekend of 8889 is going to be that, again, being an example of self-responsibility and and duty to one another in this world, the duty of teaching, of supporting, of having compassion for other human beings, of holding their hands through difficulty, of being uncomfortable, of being in conflict as we all try to struggle and survive in this difficult life. Sunday's conjunction between the moon and Mars, which is our assertion and our action, also in Aries, it's asking us to be warriors of love, of peace, and of compassion. We must sit in our divine sovereignty no matter what we see around us. We must act with compassion. We must act with the understanding that we are not here to be the judge and jury. We are here to be a force of love in an energetically dense place that requires we rise above the darkness into the light and to continue to be way showers to others. Is that easy? No. Are you going to get exhausted? Yes. And you absolutely deserve to rest. We can't all just be going a hundred miles an hour all the time. But if you've, found this podcast (laughs) and you found the responsibility in yourself to live a more spiritual life, then we also have to own the responsibility that we were here to be strong during times when other people were weak. And what we see out pictured in the world, the selfishness, it's a weakness and it requires us being strong on behalf of all of these beings 
to show that there is a way to live our experience. There is a way, an energetic way that they can live that is of dignity and that is of unconditional love and compassion. All right, friends, if you find yourself upstate in uh, Mountaindale, New York, I'd love to see you for a sound bath. Um, please visit Yin Spiritual Center on Instagram for my studio and uh, shop. And um, I'm also doing some in-person sessions there. If you find yourself there around, uh, I would love to see you social distanced and uh, wearing a mask. Um, thank you to all the monthly energy report supporters and patrons really appreciate you guys. You help to support the availability of this information in these format formats, you know, paying for the hosting and everything. So special thanks this week to Chloe and Jacqueline for your generous birthday Venmo support. Really appreciate you. And to Elizabeth for becoming our newest Patreon patron. Thank you so much. If you want to become a patron, you can, um, do so in the show notes, it's linked, or you can Venmo any kind of donation that you want to uh, support. Thank you so much. And I'm sending you all love. This was a really long energy report this week. I don't know if they're all going to be this long. I guess I had a lot to say. Um, I just want to send you all love. And um, I'm just wishing for you all to have your needs met at this time and to live with that dignity and care and you know you're seen i see you i feel you i care about you and uh i'll talk to you next week